Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. This is your sneak peek for the week of January 21st. This is going to be a short week in terms of Supreme Court arguments, but it's still going to pack a punch because this is going to be the beginning of Chief Justice Roberts also presiding over President Trump's impeachment trial. Isn't that right, Kimberly? It is. And so we've got some details about how all of this is going to operate. So we're recording this podcast on January 16th, just before the chief justice heads over to the Senate to be sworn in and to swear in all of the senators. Uh, But the trial is expected to begin in earnest on Tuesday, January 21st. So the the actual trial is expected to take place in the afternoons, uh, leaving the chief justice free to hear oral arguments in the morning time. Uh, The Supreme Court did say that in the unlikely event that he has to miss an argument that uh, the most, the next most senior justice, Justice Thomas, would provide. But the chief justice would still participate in the decision uh, based on the briefs and uh, the recordings of the oral arguments. So we might actually be hearing Justice Thomas uh, speak at oral arguments is what you're saying. Perhaps, yes. And I wonder if the, all the power will go to his head and he'll start cutting other justices off. Probably. That probably would happen. Right? All right. Unintended impeachment consequence, but we're here for it. <laughs> uh, so uh, luckily for the Supreme Court or for Chief Justice Roberts, the court is just going to hear a couple of arguments this week and then it's going to go on another four-week break uh, before resuming arguments again in late February. So uh, there's some time for him to work on the Senate trial. The Supreme Court said that it expects no change to its own schedule and that things should be business as usual at the court. Uh, Now, of course, the chief justice just has to go across the street to uh, preside over the trial, but he is going to take a car there. He's going to be. Yep. Nice uh, work if you can get it. I think he'll also have, um, you know, sunglasses on and things like that. He's got to go there in style. (laughs) Uh, The red carpet for him. Likely it's a. probably a security concern. Uh, The press office noted that he will be escorted by a security detail from the Supreme Court. And of course, everyone's burning question, what what will he wear? Uh, Famously, uh, Chief Chief Justice Justice Roberts, what are you wearing? He steps out of the limo. So Chief Justice Rehnquist uh, famously added some stripes to his robe uh, while presiding over the Clinton impeachment that he, you know, held on to whenever he returned to the Supreme Court. uh, Well, he was wearing them already, right? And then he just continued to wear them. So the Supreme Court said that Chief Justice Roberts will wear his judicial robe, the same robe he wears for oral arguments. So no stripes for the Chief Justice. Oh, that's boring. Uh, But I think that's it for impeachment news. Okay. Should we get into the actual arguments? Should we get into what our podcast is about? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. We're already here. So the first argument that the Chief Justice will preside over this week is in Shuler against United States. This one deals with the 
famous Armed Career Criminal Act, or maybe the infamous Armed Career Criminal Act. And this is a law well known to criminal practitioners, and it might even ring a bell to casual Supreme Court watchers thinking, man, the justices really like this law. I don't know if they actually do like it, but it does keep them pretty busy. And this is the act that imposes a 15-year mandatory minimum on defendants convicted of gun crimes who have three or more prior violent felony convictions or serious drug offense convictions. Most of these ACCA cases at the court have dealt with the violent felony language and trying to figure out what prior convictions qualify as violent. But the Schuler case here deals with the prior drug conviction issue, so something a little different. And in this case, Schuler argues that his prior Florida state drug convictions shouldn't count as serious drug offenses because they don't contain a knowledge requirement. So that makes them encompassing broader conduct than the so-called generic version of the offense under federal law. The Supreme Court has previously sided with the defense when presented with a similar scenario in the context of prior violent felony convictions. And the question now is whether the court is going to apply that same rationale to evaluating prior drug offense convictions. So... We'll see. That's the first argument on Tuesday. Uh, The next case is GE Energy, and this is about foreign arbitration awards under a UN treaty on the recognition and enforcement of foreign arbitration agreements. So the Federal Arbitration Act, of course, applies to domestic arbitration agreements. And ordinarily, only parties who have actually signed the arbitration agreement can uh, take advantage of it. But the Supreme Court has said that sometimes equitable principles will require that non-signatories can actually enforce the arbitration agreement. So the issue here is whether or not that same rule applies to foreign awards. Now, of course, uh, what this case boils down to is all about the money and where plaintiffs can find the most plaintiff-friendly venue for their damage claims. So that's GE Energy. And the final argument of the week is... Arguably the biggest one of this session, if you're not a big uh, Bridgegate person anyway. And what's that case? Well, this is Espinosa versus the Montana Department of Revenue. And this is yet another religious case um, that deals with the tension between the free exercise clause and the establishment clause. Now, Montana has in its state constitution, uh, like many other states, a no aid provision. And that prohibits public funding um, from going to religious schools or religious institutions. Now, separate and apart from that, the Montana legislature created this um, tax incentive uh, whereby it allowed individuals to write off $150 that they could donate to um, a scholarship program, which would then disperse the scholarships to students who wanted to go to private schools. Now, the legislation didn't distinguish between um, secular schools and religious schools, um, but the Montana Department of Revenue did. It said in order to be uh, faithful to the Constitution, uh, we have to take out religious schools, and it said that these scholarships could only go to private schools that did not that were not religiously affiliated. So a Montana court said that the agency couldn't do that on its own. It couldn't save the statute, but Of course, it said as a court, it could do that. And it said that providing funding to religious schools would actually violate the no aid clause. But what it did is struck down the whole tax scheme and said, you can't have these scholarships for private schools that are religiously affiliated and those that are not. So individuals who want these scholarships have challenged that ruling. They say that 
eliminating religious schools from this funding is hostile to religion. They make a number of claims based on the First Amendment, the Establishment Clause, and equal protection. But basically, they boil down to what the agency rule does is uh, discriminate or is hostile to religion. Now, Montana, for its part, says, well, there's really no discrimination going on anymore because the whole uh, scheme was invalidated. So there's really nothing to see here. Um, As I mentioned at the top, you know, this is another one of these cases in the line, uh, really trying to figure out uh, the interplay between the Free Exercise Clause and the Establishment Clause. Um, And we'll see how how the justices go. All right. So that's the your sneak peek for this short week. It's a short week, but I think it's a pretty good one. We have some impeachment stuff going on too. And be sure to tune in next week when we do our deep dive episode recapping the January sitting. And in particular, we're going to take a deeper dive into the Bridgegate case. But until then, you can follow along at news.bloomberglaw.com. Thanks for listening. You probably have a lot of questions about the environment. Well, so do we. Are we talking like radioactive chemicals? Is this becoming sort of irrelevant if the U.S. doesn't participate in this? What's going on here? How far did the Trump administration go? And Is mining really better down where it's wetter? Climate change, chemicals, water pollution, you name it. If it's in the environment, we're talking about it. Listen to Bloomberg Environment's official podcast, Parts Per Billion, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, get up-to-the-minute reporting at our website, news.bloombergenvironment.com.